Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We're talking to Aaron J. Anderson here on the podcast. You can find Aaron at AaronJAnderson.com. That's his website, a whole portfolio of photographs that include Europe, travel, corporate, magazines, weddings, landscape, nature. I wrote all these down and also lighting and framing all. It's just some absolutely wonderful thing. He shoots some of the most wonderful, uh, and it must be fun, uh, beautiful models uh, and makes them look ravishing, just incredible in his photography. He has great eye, a great eye for detail, and his uh, his portraits and his photography looks just luscious in what he does. Thank and you. his travel is is great too. He also shoots sports, which is a whole another genre. And also, you know, we could talk about this. I don't want to go too deep into it. Once you mm-hmm. get known for one niche and one one genre, one uh, niche, one niche. Um, you could be typecast like, oh, he's a wedding photographer or, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's this or he's that. And then you may never get out of that uh, genre ever in your life. And yet you're very multi, uh, multi-talented in a lot of genres. I know like, like my wife and I do that you and your wife love, uh, and she's from Puerto Rico. Like my wife uh, is Puerto Rican heritage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the smart, smart men marry Puerto Rican women. <laughs> And to all the other women across the world, don't get mad at us, okay? We married Puerto Ricans. That's just the way it rolls. But we like to travel as well. You you had some photographs from Austria, from Hallstatt, that I saw. Mm. I was ready to get on a, pack my bags and get on a plane right away and move to Hallstatt. Mm. It must be fun to go to new places and see new sites and you have a camera with you. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, uh, well, you, you mentioned about the, the typecasting thing first, and we'll lead into that. We'll just touch on it real quick. You know, there is a lot of talk in, in photography forums that find, you know, what you like, like a niche, like weddings or product photography or whatever it is. And we could be talking about video too, because I do both. And, and and then do that, you know, but really, for me, I just can't. I'm, uh, I use my, I, I see beauty in all sorts of things. I mean, just, I could take a a picture. I took a picture the other day of my wife's boots. I went out to take the trash out, not very romantic. I came back, I opened the door to come back in the house. It was in the morning and the sun just beamed right across our living room on our, our Spanish tile. And her white boots were right there, dead center, right in line with this light. And I found beauty in that and I took a photo of it. So if I were to say I'm a wedding photographer, and then I would post that. People like, huh? Where's that fit in? I'm just a photographer. That's the bottom line. And you can hire me for everything. That's and, a good and, answer. That's a good answer. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm a photographer. I will just photograph anything. And people know that. They say, oh my gosh, uh, do you do love stories or, or photo sessions? Where you come? Oh, sure. Why not? You know. So I go out and do uh, photo sessions of couples and everything else. So I don't know if I would say if you're not good at, if you're only good at one thing, well, yeah, stick with it. But if you're like me and you're just a photographer and you like to capture beauty, then just take pictures of anything and don't let anybody tell you otherwise and just have fun doing it. And you can make money with whatever. There's certain, now nobody's going to 
probably buy a photo of those boots. Hey, maybe they will. But so you got to, if you want to make a living doing, you do have to do like weddings or love stories or product photography to back the rest of your other hobbies. So uh, house that, oh my gosh, man. Oh, this was the most beautiful place I've ever been. I mean, how for, for, for those that don't know, it's on this beautiful lake and there's no, you have to walk from a distance to get to the village, right? Oh my gosh, getting there is not easy. Not just walking. I mean, my wife remembers all the cities and towns. I mean, I don't remember nothing, but we had to get on a plane, go to Europe, of course. Once you get there, you had to take like four trains to get closer. Then you got to take two buses to get closer. And this is like all day traveling. Just once you get on the first train, it's just all day travels. Uh, so three trains, which is kind of complicated if you don't speak the language, then two buses, which is scary because you don't want to go the wrong way. And then you get all, uh, then you got to get on this other little train to get your right to like the other side of the lake. And it was nighttime at this point. So we got off the train. It was pitch black. Like, which way do we go? Uh, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like there, there's nobody around. You're in a train depot. Nobody's working there. You got one, you know, uh, 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 tungsten light kind of uh, flickering in and out and you're like oh my gosh what do we do okay it says call for taxi okay well let's call for the taxi so we call the number and uh it no uh we call the hotel that we're staying it's a little hotel thing you know like really small and we call them and they say okay we're going to send the taxi over to you as we're waiting i saw the sign call for taxi so as we're waiting there way off into the distance i don't hear nothing you know way off into the distance i hear a I hear this motor coming like Ooh, I think that might be the taxi sure enough this uh this little this little truck came up just spewing smoke out and picked us up and I love all this by the way I ain't complaining I absolutely adore this whole adventure you know he pulled up here and he has broken English nice guy I mean the people here were so nice it's not even funny he loaded my luggage up. I always load my own luggage up because I'm capable, so I just do those things. But he said, no, no, no. He insisted. So you could take a boat across if it's in the day, but it was night. So we had to take the taxi all the way around the lake to the absolute opposite side of where we were standing. We get over there. Remember, it's dark. I don't know anything. We have to take – my wife packs a lot of clothes because we do a lot of photography, and we always match well, – we plan our trips, by the way. If we're headed somewhere at this time – we do research on what color is going on in that town and at that time. And at this time, it was fall, so a lot of orange and browns. And so we have a lot of luggage with her clothing in it because she models for me. I don't even know if we mentioned that. <laughs> she models for me. So we have to drag this luggage all the way up these uh, cobblestone steps to the very top. We finally find our hotel. We get in there. Uh, very nice people. Very clean. I wish I remember the name of the place. They set us in our hotel. And the hotel was super clean, very modern, had iPads to turn everything on and all that. But the whole place was all, you know, very cobblestone-y, if that's how you say it. So we had these opening windows that open like two, uh, man, I don't know, uh, they're two wooden shutters that open outward. And, but they were closed. You couldn't see nothing. We went to bed. We woke up in the morning. And I woke up in the morning. I've got photos of this, uh, AaronJAnderson.com. And my gosh, the view that we had of this lake with the fog, I mean, the fog was rolling in. Check out the photos. And it was just the most beautiful thing to come at nighttime and to just have that. And right when you wake up, like, bam, there you go. It was absolutely amazing. If you haven't gone there, do your research and get there. It's amazing. 
I'm, I'm ready soon to go there. My wife and I are actually planning a trip, hopefully to Austria and Slovenia. Loving this conversation uh, with Aaron J. Anderson. We'll be back after this break. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Welcome back to the conversation with Aaron J. Anderson. I wanted to switch gears a little bit because you and I have talked about this in the past. We're sort of summing up our conversation here uh, with Aaron J. Anderson. And you can find him on YouTube under, just type in Aaron J. Anderson, Aaron, A-R-O-N-J Anderson. You'll find him on uh, social media sites like uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not so much Facebook, but uh, really YouTube. and YouTube and Instagram. Yep, those those are the big ones for him. You and I have talked in the past about how there's so many people that are either beginners or they're intermediates, uh, and they seem to be in a hurry. They just want to be able to push the red button, get the shot, or get the mm-hmm. little uh, scene of footage, whatever it is, 5, 10, 15 seconds, whatever it might be, and move on. And they don't want to really make it poetic or beautiful mm-hmm. or nice. I have a friend of mine uh, from years back named Sergio a cameraman, and he would talk to a client and he would say, do you want this good or do you want it fast? Do you want it good yeah, yeah. or yeah. do you want it fast? And they go, well, what's the difference? Well, fast, I can have this, I can have it in 10 minutes. Uh, if you want it uh, good, I need a half an hour to 45 minutes minimum, but it will really look good. Which one do you want? And sometimes they would say, we're in a hurry. I just need it fast. Okay, we'll do it. Or they'll say, you know what? I do want this to look good. Uh, I'll give you the time to do it. And then he wasn't under the pressure to, you know, just start setting up things like like crazy. Talk a, a minute about, we call it the red button. You and I have talked about this. They just think, push the red button, let's move on. And I think that is just taking the easy way out. And it's cheating when there's maybe in front of you, should be in front of you, either a great scene or a great shot. Yeah? You're absolutely right. And the that kind of attitude of, um, you know, what camera should I buy? Should I get this good again? It's all about the gear. And now once they get that gear, it's like, okay, let's press that red button. That's the record button. And let me film stuff. And like, well, did you learn anything about emotion or composition or the rule of thirds or all these things, uh, lighting and, and, and sound and, and angles of faces and how, all that stuff? No, they didn't. They just want to press a record button and, and make their movies. A lot, uh, I knew this one guy who had a red, oh, no, he had a 5D Mark V or four or whatever, or two, or I don't know when it was. He was filming stuff and his stuff was pretty bad looking. I mean, it just looked terrible. Years went by and he never, it never got better. It just still looks so bad. I mean, just, I could barely watch it. It was just, I mean, I mean, like bumping the tripod, you know, during stuff. I mean, it was just terrible, you know? And he never, 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 not got good and maybe a couple years ago i said oh hey well, you know what's going on I said, oh you know i'm still saving up for that that red camera literally the red camera not the red dragon but the red camera and he was always waiting to get enough money to buy the big boy camera because he thought that might make his stuff look good when in fact it's the opposite i did a video with my uncle in ohio on an iphone 4 and i rearranged his 
whole living room with the fireplace going, put him in a robe. I did, I did road wardrobe on him and uh, I brought lighting in just what we had there within my iPhone. I mean, this, whatever's in this house, Hey, you got, Hey, Hey, Aunt Debbie, you got a, a lamp that maybe this tall. Yeah. Great. Oh, it's not tall enough. Let's put it on a box. Okay. Great. Did all this stuff and you can go way back to my YouTube channel and see this. It was just a really quick, maybe a, uh, I don't know, two minute quick little comedy thing. And it looks beautiful because it's the techniques and the talents that I learned to create that on an iPhone. And you can have a red camera and not know anything and still make crappy looking work. And people wonder, well, what's going on here? Now to bring that back a little bit, I, uh, I was actually, because of my passion to learn how the craft of video and photography, to learn that art, I wanted to learn, I wanted to be as good as Hollywood. How I wanna make my films look like that. Because I learned that, that actually got me a little portfolio going. And I got a job working for Univision. I got, it was a big, you know, international uh, TV broadcast. I uh, was the, uh, I was the cameraman slash director of an international TV show for uh, about a year and a half. It was called Teen Pet Vet. We filmed it here in Puerto Rico about a veterinarian. And I got all these jobs because I had passion to learn the craft. And when it, it got into the right hands, and they go, wow, that looks really good. Hire the guy. So they hired me for all these different jobs and, and just because I learned the craft. Now, do you think they're going to hire the guy with the red camera that bumps the tripod when he films? No, he's not going to get any jobs. He might get, I don't think he'll get any jobs to be honest with you, but you might get some jobs, but you're never going to take it to like, you know, being Univision or the cameraman slash director of an international TV show called Team Pet Pet, that I was talking about. You won't get those. You have to learn the craft. So I don't want to go any further unless you want to. But yeah, it's about the craft, not that record button. I've got this great quote, and I don't think I borrowed it from somebody. I think it's original to me, but I've said it for a number of years. Okay, everybody, get your pad and paper out. Mediocrity is easy. Excellence is hard. I worked on a show for CBS, The Amazing Race. Uh, and the year mm -hmm. I was on, we won the Primetime Emmy. Uh, I watched it. A reality competition. I'm very proud to have worked with a great team of people, great directors and crew. And everybody, I worked my tail off. I have never in 40-some years worked harder in the industry in anything I've done than working uh, the season that I was on that show. And I know how hard it is to produce excellence. And if you, uh, our listeners, if you, you know, you have a choice. You can be okay, you can be mediocre, or you could be really good and strive for the best. And here's the other thing, you'll never know it all. It's impossible. Nobody, mm -hmm. no, nobody knows everything. There's just, that, does, that person does not exist. And if they tell you that they are, run away from that person and mm -hmm. don't return their call or their text or whatever. You can never know it all because it changes on a constant basis. And I want to be a better director next year than I am this year. And Aaron, I can speak for him. He wants to be a better photographer and DP next year than he is right now because there's more to learn and there are more adventures to capture mm -hmm. and report. And we're finishing up our time with Aaron right now. Is there a, is there a, piece, of, a piece of advice, uh, any little nuggets of wisdom you would uh, give? Uh, we have a lot of beginners and intermediates, a few advanced that might listen. Well, what kind of, piece of, of pieces of advice would you give? 
Well, the sole advice is what you've probably been hearing through this whole uh, interview here. That is, you got to find the camera, of course. So you you got to find it quick. Spend a month, look at all your YouTube videos, whatever. Find the camera that you think is going to fit the genre of what you're going to film. If you're going to do short films, you're going to be buying a different. You can buy, you know, an SLR camera. That's a photography camera. That's what I use. You don't have to buy a, you know, a film, uh, a camcorder type thing. So find the camera fairly quick within your budget. Do not go into debt doing this thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm good. I'm going to pay this back. Just don't go into debt. Find a camera that works. Once you do that, you just got to learn the craft and don't keep looking up gear reviews uh, for at least a year. Just learn the craft. Stay away from the that lustful desire to, oh my gosh, Fuji just came out with the X-T4, I need to, you know, uh, just stay away from it, learn your camera and learn the craft. And I would say, start learning lighting first. So get your camera, start light, uh, learn lighting, and then the rest of that craft, and don't, don't fall into that whole uh, gear uh, lust. They call it, they call it gas, <laughs> gear a- acquisition syndrome. Oh, I didn't, know they, I didn't know they had a name for that. Say that again. Yeah, it's called gas gear acquisition syndrome. <laughs> it's like the it's like the joke now. You know, everybody says, "Oh, you'll see it in blogs when you're talking about gear." Like, "Oh, guys, I think I've got gas," and that means he wants a new camera, even though his camera now it works just fine. And he wants the new camera because the manufacturers brain every brainwash everybody, saying you need that extra little megapixel to uh, make your photos or video better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. Aaron J. Anderson, an absolute privilege and, and uh, pleasure. And we, we have to find a place to catch up, uh, uh, meet up again on the road sometime soon, right? Yes, exactly. Hopefully our paths will meet. Uh, anytime I'm up in your area, you know I'm going to be calling you. You bet. You uh, are more than welcome. We'll send you the private jet with our stewardess, Inga, to pick you up. So oh, we'll- oh, yeah, I remember Inga. You talk about her all the time. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. It's been a, a pure joy. Thank you. Oh, same here. I thank you for asking me on here, and all, all whoever is watching, listening to this. Thank you so much for standing by, watching, and listening. I keep saying watching. I'm used to the video. Thank you for listening to us, guys. And head on over if you got a question, uh, and you go message me through whatever media, AaronJAnderson.com. You can you know contact me through there. Let me know that you heard me on this uh, Craig Force podcast here. Uh, that way, I know that you came from here, and I would really appreciate it, and I can share that with Craig as well. Thank you, Craig, so much for having me on. I so much appreciate you, and I love you to death, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.